Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Atamarie e te Good morning. It's Creek here. I'll be your presenter for today on the Quilted Bananas program. We're a radio collective, Quilted Bananas. We're here to serve up some queer women and non-binary folk radio, generally speaking. And we take turns at presenting and volunteering to do that. And this morning, it's me. And I'm broadcasting from Te Awakairangi Lower Hut. That is to say, I've pre-recorded this episode for you. Uh, this is in the Roi of Te Atiawa. It will be broadcast from the studio in Wellington, Te Whanganui Atara, of Access Radio, which is in Taranaki Whanganui country. And my goodness, we're in a bit of bother, as you will all be well aware, because nobody's living under a rock to do with Omicron variant of COVID-19. But don't worry. This episode is not going to dwell on that because, frankly, I'm feeling a little bit demented about the incoming COVID-19 wave and I just want some escapism. So that's what I am dealing out to you this morning if you want to stay with me for the next 56 minutes and a half. And um, so we usually start the program with a, we call it a banger, which means a dance song. I wouldn't say this is like dance music, but it is music that you can dance to in your lounge and during the national lockdown of 2020 which is almost two years ago now I really got into the B-52s because they're so absurd they're an absurdist indie band and they are also I realized and discovered during that lockdown they are a queer band like Fred Schneider, Ricky Wilson and Kate Pearson from the B-52s, that's three-fifths of the B-52s, are all either gay or bisexual. And I have developed a whole hypothesis that the reason the B-52s are so aesthetically weird, you know, like unreadable, they don't do heteronormativity type songs, but because it was the mid-80s, they also didn't do like really out gay songs either they just did kind of absurd songs and they had an absurd look really quirky is that is an expression of their queerness and it's kind of protective and it's irreverent it's fun it's the queer disarmy here to disarm you so and and I think they did just genuinely love parties and weird parties that went wrong they did a lot of songs sort of on those kinds of along those kinds of lines like narrative songs that are just a bit haywire So the song I'm going to start the show with is called Private Idaho because to me it speaks about the feeling that I'm in now and the state that I'm in. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite lines of any song ever is you're living in your own private Idaho underground like a wild potato. I feel underground like a wild potato at the moment. You can probably hear like my voice is quite ragged. I've got counselling booked for Monday. Today, the time that I'm recording is Friday. You'll be listening probably on Sunday or later. But Monday is when I'm going to my employee assistance program counselling sessions just to help me cope with the feeling of anxiety um, that that I have because of the, the... It's not... It's sort of like both uncertainty to do with the Omicron and certainty that 
we are not we're in for a ride not a good ride like a big wave a wave is coming and um yeah if you happen to work in the public service in Wellington then you've definitely got access to that same counseling you get four sessions usually across the public service free counseling paid for by your boss if you can access that just go ahead and do it counseling's great don't be afraid and or if you are not lucky enough to have access to that kind of support and can't afford it yourself like there's still plenty of stuff out there self-help things books from the library youtube videos and just talking to your people don't bottle it up talk to your people about how you're feeling just be real everyone will be real and maybe you don't even need advice maybe you just need a normal phone call to chat about normal things and feel normal by talking about the flowers and your babies and your cousins warts or whatever um here's private idaho by the b52s let's get into it let's get into this escapist show
yeah that's the b-52s and that's a touchstone song for me and a touchstone band at times where i just need a bit of bit of absurdity in my life to i don't really know why that works for me as a form of escapism i don't it's not like absurdity makes things make sense or does it anyway shout out to kate pearson who's the queer femme queen in that band and you would have heard her at the beginning she's the one going yeah and she's cool and yeah she's the keyboardist for that band which is the band that was my rabbit hole band for lockdown national lockdown 2020 and here we are in COVID-19 traffic light red it's not a lockdown not a lockdown but it feels quite stay at homey so um, I have decided on a new rabbit hole band that I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of perhaps during the coming weeks as part of my entertainment program at home I will be going out sometimes I hope to right now I just don't feel like it um and so just trusting my instincts there so yeah the next band for this period of the pandemic this phase is Skunk and Nancy because I was in Slow Boat Records on well, a few days ago thinking where's a queer band where's a queer band that I can put some queer music into the Nick Quilted Bananas program who who should I get my mind drew a blank this is drawing a lot of blanks lately I guess that's a familiar feeling to you maybe it might be it might not be and but fortunately Skunk and Nancy jumped out of the S rack for me there in Slow Boat Records and I went oh I know a woman who slept with the female lead singer of Skunk and Nancy which makes Skunk and Nancy a queer band because they've got a queer lead singer and her name is Skin she's a black British woman and she lives in the United States in Brooklyn with her wife or partner not sure if they're married the wife's called Lady Fag she's an events like club night organizer and they have a baby and Skin does a radio show back in the UK well it's broadcast in the UK and a podcast online on Absolute Radio where she interviews basically just interviews celebrities from the 1990s because Skunk and Nancy was a 1990s band and so obviously Skin has been in the music industry for ages and is a celebrity herself so she knows all these celebrities and so then she interviews them and I love celebrity gossip I love it because I'm vain and shallow and it's also a form of escapism and entertainment which again is the theme of the show today here on Quilted Bananas on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM so what I've got for you coming up right now is first we'll have a song by Skunk and Nancy as part of my rabbit hole program and then we'll have some excerpts from Skin's interviews with celebrity musicians and some songs by those celebrity musicians so Skin will effectively guide the direction of this show most of it 
We'll also have a review of the L Word Generation Q. But anyway, Skin has described the band as a clit rock band. And someone else elaborated or defined that as being, it's got like feminist rage, but also potentially quite a standard drum bass guitar backing musicians forming the band which is that is what Skunk and is they've got this woman at the front on the mic but the backing band is quite standard like you'll hear their sound is quite 90s identifiably 90s man rock sound some rock band and but I it's good and then yeah when I flipped over their CDs and I start reading the titles of songs I'm like oh right so Apart from their song, which was a smash hit, Week. Maybe you remember Week from about 95, 96 or 97. I would say 97 if I was at a pub quiz. Week as I am, no tears for you. That's Week. Aside from that radio-friendly song, they've got like themes being to do with anti-racism. There's obviously a little bit of queer identity in there there's anti-religious hypocrisy in there this is just based on the song titles but I have listened to them since then so I was like yes Skunk and Nancy I wish to more deeply discover you during the coming weeks of not exactly isolation but just stay home energy and uh, so this song is called She's My Heroine that's heroine with an E on the end but I presume we are welcome to make the analogy that she is also like a drug to the singer, the heroine without the E on the end. Oh, and before I play this, I just should let you know that the reason I like the song is at the end of it, there's like two minutes that don't sound like the song you've just been hearing of sort of experimental kind of sound. And so you might think that I'm just playing a different song or something. No, it's all part of the same song, which is uh, She's My Heroine by Skunk and Nancy. So discreet, la la 
That was Skunk Nancy with She's My Heroine. And I promised to play next some excerpts from the lead singer's podcast and radio show, which is in the UK on Absolute Radio. And you can also find it online on a podcast. And so the podcast is called Skin Tings, like skin things, but without an H. And... Yeah, she mostly interviews celebrity musicians and rockers. She also looks back in other episodes at the history and the black history of rock music. But um, just focusing on the celebs, let's have 
an interview as a little brief interview excerpt because we can use their material under the fair use principle of the New Zealand law but I can't just play the whole thing because it's copyright but yeah so here's a little excerpt of Skin interviewing Debbie Harry from Blondie and Debbie Harry has also had relationships and affairs and crushes on women so that makes her a queer musician in my books as well. She's probably better known for her just her long, long, long time partnership with Chris Stein, who's also a member of Blondie. He's their guitarist. Anyway, the discussion between Skin and Debbie Harry touches on music experimentation and just the fact that neither of their bands, neither Blondie nor Skunk and Nancy, are populated by classically trained musicians so they sort of do a bit of finding their own way in the world and they also both had sort of similar origins playing it I think Skunk and Nancy described them as cruddy bars and you know smell of an oily rag kind of musicians and so they they certainly compare notes about that a little bit but this little segment is just talking about yeah when things go wrong and, and how and how that is for a punk band or a rock band. Some of my greatest moments were, I, I, it was just like, I don't know, it, it was like some kind of <laughs> musical orgasm of, you know, we'd be on stage and we'd be playing really hard and playing it, you know, trying to do it and playing it and playing it. And then something would go terribly wrong, terribly, terribly wrong. And we'd be all fuddling about and everybody trying to find where are we what are we doing where are we what what part yeah. of the song is this and then all of a sudden it would like clunk come back together and it was yeah. just oh, uh, it really is orgasmic it's it's so fantastic it's amazing that you say that because one of the best things I love on stage is when things just go wrong and we all look at each other like Ace can just miss a couple of beats sometimes because he's like, like, like you're saying, none of us are trained. And then it's kind of like, oh no, Ace is out. Okay, what are we going to do? Let's dig ourselves out of that. And then we'll just almost play another song until we get it back together. And that for me, it's fun because otherwise touring is really just repetition. It's just repetition for a different group of people every night. So, yeah, I really hear what, what you're saying in that one. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. There was Debbie Harry at the end there. I love it too. Speaking to Skin from Skunk and Nancy. So, let's use that to segue into a song by Debbie Harry's band, Blondie. And, yeah, the song we played before by Skunk and Nancy had that like experimental bit at the end and I wondered whether that maybe sprung from something going wrong but it turned into that kind of cool little industrial crunchy sort of jam and to, let's listen to Rapture by Blondie which has all these kinds of just interesting sounds it was the first mainstream record with uh, was it with a woman rapping or just with rapping in it it's got a rap in it by Debbie Harry and um, it you know it's just a different sounding song even within that kind of new wave punk scene and 
what what went on in the making of Rapture? Who knows? Was it experiment or was it accident? Like something going wrong and then leading to this amazing. It's one of the greatest songs ever written, in my opinion, and and definitely danceable. So please rise if you can, stay seated if you can't, and have a retro dance to this and forget all of your troubles. i 
was meant for more. Stop eating cars and eating bars, and now he only eats guitars. Yeah. I'm fading out. Rapture by Blondie now. Welcome back. You're listening to Quilted Bananas on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM with me, your host, Creek, today. And that was Rapture by Blondie. And I said we'd have a different little slice of Skin's podcast radio show. So now here's a tiny little bit of an interview she did with another queer musician Joan Armatrading who will be much better known as a queer musician than Debbie Harry is I would think to our listeners anyway Joan Armatrading however is a private person and that was one of the topics that she touched on with skin they were just talking about social media and celebrity in that age where you're supposed to share everything with everyone i mean i feel like me as an artist i like you are fiercely private but then we have social media so that's always trying to pick pick away and we have this kind of idea of the of like people's personal lives and stuff like that it's information that we all have rights to you know where we have a right to gossip about people you know i like i wrote a book last year and i remember having some fierce battles about I'm not putting that name in there. I'm not talking about that in that way because I don't want the book to become about, you know, some of the things that personally happened to me that happened to, like, somebody that was famous because that's what all people are going to talk about. All they want is a nitbit and they gossip a bit. And it's like you're you're taken away past yourself to complete strangers and it's none of their business. It actually isn't natural. Yeah, exactly. It's not to expose ourselves in such a way that allows us to put ourselves in harm's way because that's what some of those things do. do. When you have so much information, you're allowing people to take advantage of you. And yeah. self-preservation, that's why we're here on this earth for so long. It's self-preservation. Survival. We've, we've looked, yes, we've looked after ourselves. We've made sure that when the mammoth comes, we're prepared, we've got the club and we're going <laughs> to hit it. Well, if you're giving out all the information to everybody, including the mammoth, you're not going to be able to defend yourself. Joan Armour Trading ending that little snippet of an interview with Skin from Skunk and Nancy. And if you do want to hear Skin's podcast, lots of episodes, lots of musicians, and yeah, it's cool content uh, that can be found online under Skin things like skin things skin things and it's on apple podcasts as well as being on the absolute radio website and now let's hear from joan armor trading 
more about the privacy really or perhaps introversion. It's called Me, Myself, I. I sit here by myself and you know I love it. You know I don't want someone to come pay me. I want to be by myself. I came in. I wanna go to China and to see Japan I'd like to sail the oceans before the seas run dry I wanna go by myself, I just room me number one Me, myself, I lot of us are going to be having some extra me myself I or at least me myself my household time in the coming weeks as it's very tempting to just hibernate in the Omicron summer and stay home and of course there are still things you you like you still can go out to cafes and restaurants and even events like the Wellington Fringe Festival is coming up so you might still be going out but my suspicion is that for a lot of us there'll be a lot more time where we're staying home and so we need things like podcasts and 
great albums and music to explore and discover now more than ever. And also, we have the entertainment slash escape option of television. So, let's turn our attention to that. I'm going to play a review by me and my husband and wife, Sean of the L Word Generation Q Season 2, which is now showing on Neon TV, for which you do need a subscription. But before I play the review, I thought I'd just play a little excerpt from the television show, and it involves Bet, Shane, and Alice. So those are characters from the original series, the L Word, here in the reboot and it's kind of like the lesbian aunties Shane and Alice are accompanying Bet and Bet's daughter Angie who is going to she's met her half sister over the internet and she wants to meet her so they all three of them adults accompany her to this cafe where she's going to meet her half sister for the first time please don't come in oh. I'll be fine it's, I just can, I'll just, I, I mean, I need to see that you're not meeting a pedophile. I hear that, but can you just check from outside? Um, I think you're going to want me in there. I look pretty cute today. Pattern on pattern is in. Okay. Hey, Angela. Okay. Yeah. Blink twice or scream at the top of your lungs, whatever, in case you need anything. Thank you. We'll be, we'll be right here. Okay. Hello, Sean. Hi, Creek. I just thought that it would be really cool because I'm doing an escapism episode of Quilted Bananas to do um, you and me having a chat about the L Word Generation Q Season 2 because right now feels a little bit verge of lockdown-y, just psychologically, if not in terms of the rules. Mm -hmm. And it was actually the, the first lockdown of 2020 the national lockdown when you and i discussed we just did pillow talk talking about the l word generation q season one nice so that worked then it was a fun episode that we did together uh, that chat was fun and here is uh, two years later <laughs> pillow talk two pillow talk two and, and listeners may be able to hear our pussycat yeah Purring, She's stalking around the bed. Who is also part of part of Pillow Talk. And we all know that pussy cats help you get through the times of stress. Pictures of cats, memes of cats, and actual cats as part of conversations. Yeah. Yep. And you can adopt a cat if you don't have one, if you are allowed to get one, like, with to do with your tenancy rules. Or just yeah. secretly have a cat, you know. Landlords can just go jump in the sea. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, so um, just to brief the listeners, Sean has actually already watched right to the end of the L Word Generation Q I totally season, binged it. Season two. I, I found I'm that midway through. Go I ahead. found that it was on and the idea was to watch it together, but I just... I just watched it back to back, yep. um, straight through to the end. So now I'm taking uh, a bit of a slower uh, digestion, re-digestion with Creek, watching some of the episodes again. 
um, together yeah. and not giving any spoilers no. as we go through. <laughs> no spoilers for me. Which is difficult for me because I'm very bad at lying. So Creek will ask me a question and it's very difficult to keep a straight face. So I have to just uh, put a actual pillow over my face to uh, to stop me revealing the yeah. plot lines. I can read your face. <laughs> I can just read the whole L Word Generation Q Season 2 plot line on your face. So um, if listeners are not familiar, I mean, I kind of assume you will be familiar with the L Word. If you're not, it was in the in the two, early 2000s. It was a very popular show. They aired it on Prime in New Zealand, and it was like all lesbians all the time, which was pretty amazing. But the reboot, which is many, many years later, still has the gang of Alice, Shane, and Bette Porter in it. And Tina makes guest appearances as well. That's Bette's ex. Um, but she Tina is now with a... a a, a person who's played by Rosie O'Donnell, very butch Rosie O'Donnell. And so great. It's a very great character, um, very, like a quite a comic character in a kind of neurotic American way. Um, and, yeah, and then the, I guess other elements of the reboot that are, like, more more progressive and more modern are they have, um, they have trans actors playing trans roles, who are just kind of normal parts of the community in the same way that they are in our real-life community, so it's a bit more realistic in that way, and they've got a lot of ethnic diversity and also able, disabled people with disabilities diversity as well. And what else would you say is different about it, Sean? Well, I think one of my... I mean, one of my favourite things about it, it made me think about actually made me think about Shakespeare you know how in Shakespeare he'll have a character who kind of just speaks the truth about what's going on Mm. I think there's a name for that that sort of device in a play but um Bette and Tina's child is now about 16 16, I think and I feel like that character is is the truth teller like is just really super young um and just really clear and and ethical and just speaks the truth and i really love that about this series because i think that's um that's part of the reality that i think we're living in where young people are having to deal with so much and um yeah kind of cut through a lot of crap with adults Mm. so i yeah i find that really really fresh like that character feels really authentic and genuine and really really well acted so i love that about this about this series yeah 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 cool there's a lot of themes of um honesty and dishonesty and what they can look like i think in this series the, the generation q one and particularly in season two i'm noticing that they're doing quite a lot of contrast between like cheating and open relationships or polyamory there's always a lot of sex and a lot of bed hopping as there always was yeah which is great i cannot i cannot complain um, about that but yeah the themes are quite i don't know like it is la everyone's extremely beautiful uh and they dress very well but it is kind of 
it's not shallow. It's as the award never was particularly like just shallow. It's like a funny mixture of sex and erotica, and then just like some profound themes. I guess. Yeah, yeah. definitely, and also great fashion. I yeah. mean, I've got to say, you know, there's um, I mean, Alice's outfits throughout the season are just exquisite, personal style, fantastic. And then there's a new character Pippa and I just love everything that she wears quite quite um quite gown kind of mm, gown velvet, um, velvet uh, leopard print cloak kind of style which I really love yeah and I yeah it was cool when you started watching it and you picked up on those themes like in a really succinct way like oh it's all about honesty and the as you say the contrast between cheating and polyamory and actually just asking asking for what you want and you need and discussing it even even when it's difficult um and that's that's pretty cool to see those kind of conversations on on screen Mm. uh and and also acknowledging the the difficulties and the challenges of of seeing other people and talking about it and letting it be be difficult as well mm. as fun and and that it can work and so yeah I, I like that complexity I think it's well written mm. well written stuff I've been saying to Shan that Bette Porter is annoying me quite a lot in this series, which is, <laughs> I've been on quite a journey with Bette Porter because I feel like when I was a young a baby dyke, Bette Porter is kind of like my type at that time, like kind of just kind of kind of um, a bit aloof, yeah, emotionally cold older woman. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm not attracted to that, so now Bette just pisses me off. And, oh, um, come on. Everyone who knows me say would say I was aloof and cold creek. <laughs> they wouldn't you're the opposite which is great um but bet you know bet also i think the actress who plays bet name escapes me just now it's the actress from flash dance um is also an executive producer of this series and so she's i'm pretty sure she's the reason that bet gets all these meaningful speeches like she makes all the meaningful speeches that was true in um, season one of generation q as well and she's making more meaningful speeches in this season <laughs> and the meaningful speeches annoy me because i don't know i feel like Bet's quite hypocritical because she is a bit of a rat bag in a way or like she's you know she's a cold-hearted b- to some people who don't deserve it and yeah um and um yeah, so what is with the meaningful speeches? I don't know. They're not compatible with their ruthlessness. Whereas for me, the, the people that I think are hot uh, in the Elwood are never the main characters because I'm mostly attracted to um, masculine pe- people, masculine female uh, people. And um, so those characters tend to be their sort of side characters, like marginal. someone, someone who's some, you know, someone will talk to in a bar or or something like that. But they're not yeah. a main character, which is what's so cool having um, Rosie. Is it Rosie O'Donnell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Character who's quite a classic. Um, Stocky Butch, older Butch, yeah. Silver Fox, and um, 
yeah it's mm. it's it's really nice to have that have that presence there well that has actually been something else that's great about the whole that all of the our word generation q both seasons is there's a lot more butch visibility in it yeah that was definitely a criticism of the our word the original ser- series like for many seasons that they really didn't have very many butch characters at all, which is just not true to life for lesbian or queer queer female, queer women and non-binary community. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, is there someone that you, you identify with, Creek? There like... are two characters that I identify right, with. Right, tell us. Season, Shan in this series. Yep. So, well, actually, throughout the L word, I will, I, although I identify as butch, and I wouldn't describe the character of Alice as a butch, Alice is does have things that I identify with in that she's she's a journalist and she's shallow and she's kind of yippy-yappy, and I'm a bit like that when I'm in a... <laughs> When I'm in a good mood. And I feel proud of myself that I was like, throughout all of the Our Words series, original series, I was very resistant to that. Like, I don't want to be like Alice because I think she's shallow. But now in my, I'm like 39 now, I'm very mature. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I am shallow. And I'm proud of that because I think that shallowness gives levity to others sometimes. And it helps us just ease up a bit in the world, which can be pretty somber sometimes. And um, I think queer irreverence is very powerful, actually. And I think I like Alice's character in this series. I think she's got a lot of integrity, apart from <clears throat> no spoilers, but yeah, um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, mostly she's got a lot of integrity. And um, so Alice, I'm identified with, and she's bisexual, and I'm bisexual, so that's cool. Identify with that. Um, and then there's this other character who's new in Generation Q, who's super annoying, um, like a teenage boy. <laughs> butch character called Finlay who just annoys me and I can see myself in them um yeah and I don't know maybe this means that when I'm 49 I will suddenly have made peace with um being like Finlay but I don't I want to be an adult and I want to be responsible and I don't want to be such a stupid egg dick <laughs> yeah nice yeah what about you do you identify with any characters in this season series well there's actually a new character that i identify with which is um which is cool um like kind of as a whole character i've always sort of felt like i'm like a little bit of this person a little bit of that person uh her name's sophie and yeah i i identify with that character she's going she's going through quite a lot um and just in the episode we just watched she was talking about uh trying uh, she was talking about losing herself kind of not quite being herself and that she felt like with this particular person that she could just relax and be herself and um yeah that reminded me of me maybe maybe when I was a little bit younger or um yeah, so that's quite cool. I always think that I have a little bit of bet in me. Mm. Um, I identify with the 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 sort of power top, like let's let's sort this, let's sort this out. Yeah. Um, storming around and being passionate and having strong opinions and meaningful and speeches, meaningful speeches, <laughs> and caring about her friends and and the people close to her and justice and all of that. But I don't, but but I don't approve of her sexual behaviour at all. With the 
crossing, oh, pro- crossing professional boundaries. Yeah, sex. As usual. Yeah. Is what Bet is up to in this yeah. season. You know, so that's just that's just sleazy and <laughs> um, not. I I very much believe in being being professional and safe, yeah. <laughs> boundaried. So I think. Um, yeah, it's there's a there's a bit of what is that with her sort of ego ego yeah, gone too a, far? She's an ego you know? rat bag. Yeah, like. yeah. So so not that bit. So that's what I mean about kind of a bit a bit here and a bit yeah. a bit there and and um, but yeah, not 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 all of that stuff. Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, now that I, I think I'm going to top and tail this segment in the show with little excerpts from the Elwood Generation Q. And now that you've mentioned that, I am going to cut out. I'm going to play a little interaction between Bet's character and Rosie O'Donnell's character because obviously Rosie O'Donnell's character, I think her name's Carrie, is mm. is dating and going to marry Bet's ex-wife Tina. And Bet just is mean to her. And so this mm. interaction that we will have a little excerpt of here is basically Rosie O'Donnell is seeking. Bet's approval and friendship, and it's not going to work out. Mean bet. Mean bet. Look, I, I know I've been harsh in the past, um, and out of respect for Tina and you and my love for Angie. I'm, I'm completely happy to be totally civil, but I, I think anything beyond that is just totally unnecessary. You know? Okay? You know what? Bet. On the way here tonight, I was feeling really good. You know, I had like a bounce on my step. I got this new outfit on. Then I was up there and I saw you. I just want you to know, it does not feel good to be around you. It really doesn't. It feels like I'm a kid in some kind of trouble. Okay, that to me sounds like that's your baggage. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. Now, if you are watching the L Word Generation Q then you most likely have a subscription to Neon, unless you're a pirate. If you have a subscription to Neon, I've only just noticed this, but you can also get your queer fix in the form of work in progress, which we talked about it actually in, we talked about season one in lockdown 2020. And now, just in time for Traffic Light Red, season two is up available there on neon and it is all about this very very neurotic character like quite ill with anxiety called abby who identifies as a fat butch dyke and season one was all about her relationship with a much younger trans man and just the clash of generations there in terms of queer identities was really hilarious. It led to very hilarious plot lines and things, and their relationship was really cute. But Abby behaved extremely badly. So anyway, season two is out now. I haven't seen it. I've just noticed that it's there. So that is great. And lastly, let's just give a community notice to a real life event, which is the Wellington Fringe Festival. It is still going ahead at Traffic Light Red. Um, my band called Band Sensations, B-A-N-D, not B-A-N-N-E-D. Band Sensations is involved in the Fringe, so that's how I know that all acts as part of the festival were invited to prepare a contingency model version of their event for just the scenario that we find ourselves in now. 
So there will be acts that have gone online only. There will be ones that have gone open air, outdoors only. And there will be ones that have just implemented a huge physical distancing in their venues and others that will have had to cancel. Um, Just as an example, our band's doing a listening tour of our album on a ferry going to see while silent disco listening headsets play our album that ferry has an outdoors deck an upper deck that's open to the air and basically we're only going to be able to do our event if it's not raining that day because we're going to have to have guests up on that upper deck as well as a severely restricted capacity so just that sort of thing is going on so you could totally make inquiries to see if you would feel safe with whatever protocols people have put in for their events and yeah just check out the program it it won't be up to date with with their covid strategy so yeah you may need to make some extra inquiries but that's at fringe.co.nz stay safe out there and trust your instinct and yep just wrap yourself and anyone you love in a big metaphorical or literal hug and embrace for the coming weeks maybe months lots of love That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.